So in, in this talk, uh, we are going to be carrying on from last week, uh, looking at the danger, the extreme to which you can go, uh, with getting a hold of this idea of having our own relationship with Yeshua, each one of us, and having His anointing in each of us teach us, um, those kinds of things. And we are also going to look at how hearing Yeshua's voice is at the very center of what Apostles and prophets and teachers are all about and how they function in a community. Uh, that's going to be the primary thing that we look at today. Uh, just a little review here because I like to try and get the big picture. Uh, in our first talk, we looked at an old prophecy from a prophet of Israel named Jeremiah in which uh, Yahweh, the, the God of Israel, the creator of the universe, foretold a new covenant in other words, like a new committed relationship that he would offer to people, that any human being could have with him, in which they could know him personally. doesn't matter how little or how big you are, how young or how old you are, uh, what your gender or your socioeconomic status or your ethnicity or anything else is. You can have that relationship with him. Uh, we looked at that. Then we looked at how Yeshua described that relationship that every disciple can have and hopefully has with him where we hear his voice. And we looked at what happens in that relationship when we are hearing his voice for ourselves. Uh, then we looked at another thing Yeshua said about how we can experience that relationship, um, how we can hear his voice. It happens through his spirit in each one of us. And then just last week, uh, we looked at a parallel passage where it used this idiom of the anointing the anointing of His Spirit in each one of us and how it's His anointing in each of us that teaches us about all things, that guides us into the truth, that enables us to hear His voice. And uh, we looked at what the anointing is, um, what the anointing does, how to get the anointing, and what, what, the, what the result of His anointing is. The result is staying in Him and uh, in His teachings, uh, growing in that, that deep communion with the Master. And then I, uh, I, uh, and in that passage that we looked at last week, he even straight up said, the anointing teaches you about all things. So you don't need anyone to teach you. And uh, one, one of you said, wait a minute, people could take that too far. And I said, yes, actually, I have a disclaimer, but I don't have enough time to put in the disclaimer. So uh, let's just carry on with that theme, uh, with that theme this week. Uh, the disclaimer basically is that we can become so individualistic Oh, I have my own thing with God that um, we, we give up on community. We just make a go of stuff on our own. We give up getting together with other believers and uh, making that a top priority. Uh, the danger is that we can become so independent that we think that, well, I have my relationship with Yeshua, so I don't need anybody else. Um, and basically everything that I need to know, I will hear directly from Him. I don't need to know anything that anyone else would speak into my life. Are those kinds of concepts? That's that's the the danger that uh, that we can fall into as we grow in hearing His voice for ourselves. I would uh, I would say that's actually anarchistic. Uh, you know, an anarchist, of course, is someone who is against order, who wants to throw off the yoke of the government, who wants basically just uh, freedom. But what it actually turns into is chaos. And ultimately, it, it, it results in the ruin of a society, the destruction of a culture. Um, that's the whole concept behind anarchy. That's the result of anarchy. And so the disclaimer is, just because every one of us hears Yeshua's voice and His anointing is teaching us, doesn't mean we give up on community. It doesn't mean that we become anarchists. 
And quite frankly, I, I, I've seen anarchy in, um, in Hebrew root circles. Uh, I've seen anarchy sometimes in house church circles. Uh, I, I've, seen, I've seen Christian and Messianic versions of anarchy. It does happen. And I think a very frightening thing is, I can look at times in my life where I was something of an anarchist and I didn't know it. I was probably causing more harm than good. I was probably causing chaos more than order. And I was probably actually hurting community more than cultivating community. And I had a good heart. And I had good intentions. And I thought I was just all about following Yeshua. And that's really, that really scares me because I, I have been there. And uh, it, it, it's very humbling. So that's why I think this talk is very relevant. I, I'm going to be listening to myself talk about this as much as anyone. So I, I want to look for a couple minutes with you at leadership and how Yeshua leads us, not just as individuals, but as a community. Uh, we're going to look at two passages together on that. Um, one of Yeshua's apostles, the Apostle Paul, or Shaul, in um, the first letter that he wrote to a Yeshua community in a big metropolis called Corinth. So in, his, in, the, in, the, in the letter of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 27 to 29, he says this, now, you are Messiah's body. So you, plural, all of you followers of Yeshua in the city of Corinth, you are Messiah's body. So if he was writing to the city of Prince Albert, he would look at all of the believers strewn across the city, uh, doing whatever they're doing today. And he'd say, you, plural, you are Messiah's body. And individually, each one of you, members of it. And... God has appointed in the church, the ecclesia, the, his community, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. So he lists eight of them right there. And he actually numbers the first three as though there was some kind of an order there or, or some kind of um, some listing, uh, a prioritized listing. And then he says... All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? So if you want to just keep your finger in that, in, in that passage, if you have your scriptures open to it, I'll read you one more passage that's related, and uh, then we'll break that down together and see how that applies to, uh, to us as a community. Um, Shaul, Paul wrote another letter to a Yeshua community in another metropolis called Ephesus. He actually spent a considerable amount of time in Ephesus. He made it his home base for quite a while until there was a huge riot and he got run out of town. Uh, but through his teaching in the city of Ephesus, he was able to impact the whole geographical region uh, called Asia Minor that, uh, that, he was, uh, that he was based in. And anyway, later on he wrote a letter and this is what he said. And he, that is Yeshua, gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the holy ones for the work of service, the saints, to the building up of the body of Messiah. And then he goes on, it's, it's actually quite a long sentence, he goes on to list several other things that, that uh, when these people are functioning, what, what the result is. So, basically, you can hear there that Yeshua, he, he gives certain kinds of people in the body of Messiah. Not just in individual groups either, but on a city-wide level. And uh, I think it's very important to ask, what do those people do? 
who are those people in our city or in our community? What, what does that actually look like? And uh, that's, that's what I want to talk with you a little bit about, and specifically about how what these people do is all about hearing Yeshua's voice. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, that first passage, it says God appointed in, um, in the church, or in the ecclesia, there's the Greek word, um, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. I want to key in especially on those three because those are the three that, uh, that, he had, that Paul mentioned in that passage. And then later in the corollary passage, he also mentioned uh, evangelists and uh, shepherds, right? We're going we're gonna to kind of skip evangelists and shepherds a little bit and just look at apostles, prophets, and teachers. It says that he appointed them. Um, the, the Hebrew word there, the underlying Hebraic concept, the Hebrew word is psalm. Can you guys say psalm? Like when Yeshua placed his hands on someone, that's the word psalm. Um, or, when like, uh, or like when it says, he will establish peace for you. Vayasem lecha shalom, that's the Hebrew word, psalm. And it's actually a very big word in Hebrew. Uh, it means put, placed, set, laid down, sunk or embedded, and destined. If you look at that, if you look at that Hebrew word, and also if you look at how this Greek word in the Greek New Testament, how it's used throughout the New Testament, it's translated in all of those words. So God put, placed, set, laid down, sunk or embedded, and destined apostles, prophets, and teachers in the body of Messiah. Psalm, uh, I would just spell it S A M. Yeah. Yeah, right. Lake Sam, that's right. Okay, in the uh, corollary passage in Ephesians, it doesn't say that he set. In that passage, it says that Yeshua gave. Everybody say gave. And that's the, does anyone know the Hebrew word for gave? Natan. Natan, that's correct, Natan. So he Natan, he gave um, these, these specific individuals to function in those ways. Uh, what, what would be the opposite of of, of these words, you know, this word of like setting or whatever, um, or, or, or giving, like, um, how could, uh, how could we look at that? Well, let's just, let's just think about that for a second. So Yeshua, Yeshua, like, he, he puts people in his body like that. You know, he, he gives people like that. Um, you could say, okay, um, how, what's a good way to relate to people like that? You know, if Yeshua gives something, then the best way, if you're in a relationship and someone gives you something, what do you do with it? You take it, you receive it. Maybe you even say thank you or something like that. Hey, You say, wow, this is great, this is fantastic. You know, what, what, a, what a neat gift, thank you for that. Um, that's that's uh, one thing that we get out of this. Um, one, one of the... Like, one of the uh, one of the nuances of this word um, for appointed that I really like is the whole concept of something being sunk or embedded. Uh, basically, like what, what, what I get out of that is if you look at any body of believers or when you look at Yeshua's people in a given area or a city, I guarantee you there are people embedded in that body of believers or across that city. It's like they're, they're, they're placed there. Um, they're, they're sunk in, like they're a part of the thing who have this, maybe you could call it this DNA. They have this, this, this passion within them. This is just who they are. This is what they do. They, they, they teach or they, they have that prophet-type relationship with the Master or they, they think like apostles and they, they, it's, just, it's just built into them and they are built into the body. 
So I, I don't think it's even a question of, oh, where are we going to find people like this? Oh, maybe we need to import them from another place. We need to uh, call up the, maybe we need to call up a seminary or Bible school so we can find some of these people. No. According to this passage, we have these kinds of people around. Right? So that's, that's something that we can get out of this passage. Um, I want to just break down like uh, the, the concept of apostles, prophets, and teachers also. Um, an apostle in Hebrew is a shaliach. Everybody say shaliach. shaliach. It's from the verb shalach, to send. In Hebrew, it has the, the connotation of being sent on a mission or sent toward a goal. So an apostle will be obsessed with the concept of mission. An apostle will generally always be on the move. That's the kind of mindset an apostle will have. An apostle will be thinking uh, in a goal-oriented kind of way. Where are we going? How are we going to get there? How are we going to accomplish the mission? Are the kinds of questions that apostles like eat for breakfast and can't stop asking. Um, that the, the Greek word for an apostle is apostolos. Everybody say apostolos. That's where we get the English word apostle from. And this is interesting. Do you know what the Latin word is for apostle? The Latin word is missio. Can you guys say missio? M-I-S-S-I-O. Can you think of any English words from which we get um, that come from that Latin root? Hmm? Mission. Mission, that's right. Or missionary. Um, I, you know, very often today, people would understand modern-day apostles essentially to be missionaries. And I think that's very true, except that we usually think of that in terms of, oh, missionaries that go overseas to Africa, Asia, um, South America. Yes, that's true. But I do believe that God sends missionaries to North America also. Sometimes I think it's good to stop and say, who are the missionaries sent to North America? Maybe I'm looking at some of them. Yeah. So hopefully that gives us a bigger understanding of the apostle and uh, how, like what, what an apostle is hardwired to do, what an apostle will be passionate about, uh, the, the role that an apostle has in the body of Messiah. Uh, prophet. The Hebrew word for prophet is Navi. Everybody say Navi. Uh, Navi essentially means a spokesperson. So a, a prophet is like the kind of person who will be a voice for the Creator, a spokesperson for Yeshua to His people. Uh, there are different passages throughout the Scriptures where we can infer that a, a prophet will, will have messages from Messiah for Messiah's people. Yeshua will give him a message or give him or her a message and then the prophet will deliver that message essentially. Maybe kind of like a postman. <laughs> Someone delivering the mail. Um, a, a prophet will also... Um, uh, part of the, the prophetic experience will be having spiritual revelation uh, through dreams and vision. Uh, God explicitly said that. He said, if there's a prophet in your midst, um, I'll speak to him through, through dreams, for instance. Um, often, I, I've, I've, um, I've observed that often prophet types are artistic and musical also. That's not to say that's always the case, but uh, I, I, it seems to be often that Prophet or prophetess types of people are artistic and musical, and uh, they relate to the Creator through those through those media. And often He speaks to them through those kind of a media also. 
I think uh, sometimes uh, in, in traditional church, sometimes they're, I think, prophet types of people because they're very artistic or musical. They don't feel as much of a venue to, uh, to really worship in that way or to express themselves in that. You know, sometimes we're just, as communities, there, there isn't as much room for the arts, for instance. And so I think oftentimes people who could be prophets end up going to the world and, uh, and they become very powerful voices in the world. Um, maybe they become pop stars or celebrities or they become successful bands. Or or, 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 or or artists and uh, and uh, sometimes they can be a voice for good, but I think oftentimes those prophet kinds of people they don't they don't find their home in the midst of Yeshua's people, so they end up uh, going to the world. And I think that's sad. But hey, that that you know that has changed and that is changing. But I think that's uh, that's an observation of mine. So that gives us maybe a little bit of a. Uh, fuller understanding of a prophet. Uh, the third one, teacher. The Hebrew word for teacher is moreh. Everybody say moreh. And uh, the root for moreh is the same root in Hebrew for Torah. It's the Hebrew root yara. Everybody say yara. And that's a verb that means to shoot an arrow. That's correct. So uh, that actually, that's a very graphic picture of what a teacher does. A teacher is like an archer. A teacher is like someone who takes an arrow, sets it on the string, draws the bow, points at the target, aims at the mark, and then releases the arrow. That's a picture of what a teacher does. Uh, how do you think the arrow feels? Maybe the arrow was having a nice day. Maybe the arrow was really enjoying itself in the quiver. Maybe the arrow didn't really want to go anywhere, much less to be hurled violently in some direction. I mean, have you ever thought about how an arrow would feel? And I think sometimes, I think sometimes Yeshua teach, uses teachers in that way. Because teachers, they don't just come and give you information that makes you feel good all the time. Although they will, they will help you to understand your relationship with the Master and what He has done for you. But there's often this element of Torah, there's this element of teaching where it says, here's where we need to go. This is the mark, and let's move. And it's like, whoa, and all of a sudden the arrow, the, the, the string is released, and you're flying through the air. It's like, this is, this is too fast, slow down, maybe sometimes, hey? I think sometimes that happens uh, with, with teachers. It has this sense of direction, instruction. And of course, teachers also deal in knowledge. You know, like uh, information and knowledge interpreted and applied to our lives. That's definitely a, a part of teaching. It isn't all just action and uh, hurtling through the air necessarily. So basically, that's just a quick summary of, of the words for apostle, prophet, and teacher in, uh, in Greek and in Hebrew. And hopefully it gives us a fuller understanding of them. So can you see how with each one of these though, like these people's roles are all about hearing Yeshua's voice. You know, um, an apostle is very attuned to Yeshua's voice calling his people to mission. Yeshua's voice saying, I care about the people in your area that are hurting, that are estranged from me, that are in the dark. Uh, this is the kind of thing that weighs heavily on an apostle. A, a prophet hears Yeshua's voice and has messages from the Master to deliver to his people. Um, sometimes, like I mentioned, his voice is communicated creatively not just through hearing something audibly necessarily, but maybe through, through a vision or a dream that needs to be interpreted, or, or through some kind of musical expression or piece of art. Uh, can, can you see how those kinds of expressions are also uh, part, of, part of hearing Yeshua's voice, how they can be? And then teachers also, uh, 
uh, teachers hear Yeshua's voice. I think teachers have their own special way of hearing Yeshua's voice. Uh, sometimes I'm something of a teacher, so I think I can relate to that. You know, um, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, let's say we have a gathering, and um, you have some time where you read the word and you discuss it, and then you have some time when you're praying, and then you have some time where you're maybe singing. And uh, something I've noticed is you can often tell, like, who is gifted in what areas by what, what they really get into. So, like, teachers, they really get into it when you read the Word and get to talk about the Word. If teachers had it their way, that's all they do. Because that's where they meet Messiah. That's where they hear Yeshua's voice. And then your prophet types are more probably going to gravitate towards praying and singing. Because that's where they meet Messiah. That's where they really hear Yeshua's voice. That's what gets their spiritual engines revved, you could say. It's almost like uh, the concept of different love languages. Teachers have this, like nerdy word-based love language and, and prophets maybe have more of this um, like this um, voice-oriented relation uh, like, uh, like um, artistic musical love language maybe something like that hey? and I, I know like these are sweeping generalities right this isn't always the case but, it, but it's, uh, it, it's something to take note of and that's something I've really I've really learned to watch for and appreciate you know, like, I, I'll be honest, when we, when we sing together, I don't personally get a lot out of that. Sometimes I sense Yeshua's presence, and it's very beautiful, and I love being close to Him, and He's, he's worthy of my worship. You know, He's worthy uh, for me to play the keys as, as artistically and as, uh, as I can. Um, and, and when I dance, like, God loved it when David danced, passionately, you know, so I know that on His side, He's getting something out of that, it means a lot to Him. But for me personally, sometimes I just, I don't get a lot out of it. You know, it's not my love language. But when I get to, like, read church history, or when I get to study Hebrew root words, oh, man, that's what really gets me going. I love that kind of thing, right? That is where I meet God. And so, like, you know, it's, it's just something that I've learned. Just because everyone isn't into, like, studying Hebrew root words doesn't mean other people aren't hearing Yeshua's voice. Maybe they just hear his, his voice in different ways than I do. <laughs> so, anyway, that's, that's just something to remember as a, as, as a community. <laughs> here's, a, here's another passage that I think very uh, strongly counteracts like, uh, the, the possibility of just kind of becoming so individualistic that we just do our own thing and uh, just give up on community or on hearing Yeshua's voice through other people. Uh, you're aware of this passage, of course. It's, it's a, I think it's a favorite of our community where Paul wrote to Timothy, his protege, in uh, 1 Timothy 4.13 and he said, don't, uh, he said, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, which is something that we're big on in our community, you know, reading large chunks of Scripture. But then he said, and also, and to uh, teaching and preaching. So you can hear that. Not just reading the Scripture, but teaching from the Scriptures. Preaching the message of the Scriptures is, is equally vital. You know? So yes, we each have our own relationship with Yeshua. Yes, His anointing teaches each one of us, and technically you don't need anyone to teach you, but there is this mitzvah, there's this command out there. Keep preaching, keep teaching. Have a high value for the, the, uh, the proclamation of His Word and, and the teaching of His Torah. So, uh, my, my conclusion with uh, just looking at those two passages and how they relate to hearing Yeshua's voice is that Yeshua's kingdom isn't actually a democracy. He will not speak to everyone about everything on his mind. So for instance, if you have a community of believers, everyone is not going to hear everything that Yeshua wants to say to that community. He may say it to a specific individual, and you need to be like, 
Yeshua gave that specific individual a message for our community. I personally didn't hear that, but that message is nonetheless for me. Uh, I, I think that's probably something we could infer from this passage, and an attitude like that will help to uh, create healthy community. Uh, Yeshua does lead each of us as individuals. He does lead us as families, but he also leads communities through leaders, through people who are who function apostolically, uh, prophetically, and what would be how would you say that teacherly? <laughs> people who function uh, teacherly. I just made up that form of the word, but you get the idea, hey? Yeah, so like that's, that is how Yeshua leads a community. So uh, it's, it's critical to be asking those questions. Who are the people who function in the, those roles in our community? Because they're hearing Yeshua's voice, not just for themselves, but for us as a body also. And I believe that doesn't just apply to us, let's say, as a fellowship, but that applies to us on a city level. Because there are people that are not in this fellowship, in the city, that have a very tight relationship with the Master. And they are hearing things that His Spirit is saying for us as a people in the city. Uh, they are receiving vision from Him, direction from Him, prophetic messages from Him, teachings from Him. And so we, we want to find those people. And uh, we want to build relationships with those people. And we want to stay in touch with those kinds of people and be, and be, uh, be asking them, what's Yeshua telling you for our city? What is, the, what is the vision, the direction, the strategy that He's giving you for our city? Because that's going to be very critical in, uh, in going where He wants to take us. Yeah, so, you know, just to sum that thought up, like, none of us can say, I have the anointing, you know, I have my own relationship with God, so I don't need, I don't need apostles, I don't need prophets, I don't need teachers, I'll just think for myself, because, you know, what that boils down to basically is the opposite of Torah. It actually boils down to anarchy, to lawlessness, to uh, throwing off, uh, it's like treason against Yeshua's government, because Yeshua governs His people uh, through apostles, prophets, and teachers that are hearing His voice, not just for themselves, but for uh, his people, like in communities and, and on a city level. So what I would, what I would uh, give us as a practical assignment from this idea is just this week, like, go home and just ask Yeshua, like, how do I function in the body? How do other people function in the body? Who are the people that you are giving that, like, that apostolic vision to? Who are the people that you're showing strategy to so that we can accomplish the mission, to reach the city, to make disciples? Uh, who are the prophetic people that I know that are hearing messages from you, that receive dreams and visions from you? Uh, who, who are the teachers that I know that are just getting into your word and the word is so rich and they're getting things out of it, not just for themselves, but for me? For us as a community, uh, that, that's the practical assignment I would give you this week. Uh, let's each of us be asking the master about that, thinking about that, and uh, and talking about it also, you know, with, with each other and uh, and uh, as a community. Could we pray for a minute, or however long? Let me rephrase that. Could I pray? <laughs> anyway, um, uh, master Yeshua, thank you so much for the Shabbat. Thank you for. Uh, the refreshment of spending quality time with you and each other. Repose. I, I really like that word that Genevieve used. Thank you for the repose that we experienced today. Uh, thank you so much for uh, your the, the teaching of your word. Uh, thank you for the people that you give us, not just in our community, but across the city. Uh, you give apostles and prophets and teachers and, and they, and each of them hear your voice in, in their own way and each of them have something to, to offer and to share of you, uh, with us, the body, and, uh, and, and, uh, you're desirous of, of leading us and giving us direction and clarity through those people also. I, I pray, please, uh, please raise up more apostles and prophets and teachers in our city. Please 
give us more people like that, uh, Yeshua. Please send more workers. Uh, please call more prophets. Please, uh, please speak to more of your people clearly. And uh, I pray that I pray that in this upcoming week you would you would be talking to us and, and showing us and give, giving us discernment about uh, about um, who's functioning in those ways, or maybe even people who have those giftings, but somewhere along the way they put them on the shelf or they let them go dormant. I, I pray that you would begin awakening uh, the people in the city that are called to be apostles, that are called to be prophets, that are called to be teachers. Please uh, wake those people up. Please call them again. Um, we, we want them. We, we need them. We're, we're asking you for them. And I pray that you would show us as a community also how we can best relate to those kinds of people in our midst and, and, and in do, do so re- relate to you, how we can best receive those, those people and, uh, and, and also receive you and, and what you're saying, Yeshua. I, I, I ask you for this and, and thank you so much for it. Uh, thank you so much, Father in heaven, for, for your grace through Messiah. Amen. Shalom, I'm Izzy Avraham, and thank you for joining me for this talk. I delivered these messages live during the years I was leading a congregation. They're now hosted by my Hebrew school, Holy Language Institute, at holylanguage.com. If you're interested in the talks I've done since then, or if you'd just like to say thank you for these teachings, become a member at holylanguage.com.